Welcome to This Week in Rauk Beer, the world's most important, long-running, and awarded show dedicated to smoked beer. I'm your host, John Hall, and we're brought to you by Beer Edge. Check out BeerEdge.com, follow us on social media, listen to the Beer Edge podcast, as well as the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast, and please support independent journalism. And don't forget to keep up with This Week in Rauk Beer on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Bill and Hagen are on assignment this week, but I'm so glad to be joined in the Rauk Beer broadcast booth by Eric Leto. He's here not only because of his love of Rauk Beer, but also for helping out the International Red Cross and its efforts in Ukraine. The Drinkers for Ukraine initiative is still going on, and you can learn more about how you can help by visiting drinkersforukraine.com, where you can have the chance to bid on cool beer experiences or to brew a solidarity beer. And now for a proper introduction. Eric is a beer drinker. He's a home brewer who lives in Stockholm, Sweden. He's been a passionate smoked beer fan for the past 15 years with a particular fondness for traditional German smoked lagers and has brewed several variations of the style. Eric, welcome to the program. Thank you for the support. And let me start off by asking you about your first Rauk beer and your overall fondness for the style. Thank you, John. Um, my first favorite, or I first fell in love with the style uh, when I had my first Schlenkerle Merzen. This was back in the, in the mid-aughts. And I discovered it at the local Systembolaget, which is the state-run monopoly here in Sweden. And I would still say that it's my, my go-to choice in, in Rauchspiel. It can be such a polarizing style for people. Was it an immediate fondness for you or did it grow over time? I mean, to me, I think what makes these beers so special is that you start out with a simple yet elegant and quaffable beer, like a Mertzen or a Bach beer. And then you add this new dimension to the flavor, almost like an orthogonal component that adds complexity and intrigue. And, and while you're still keeping this beer highly drinkable. And I think it was almost immediate that I realized that, wow, this is something special. What's the Rauk beer industry like? What's the, what's the, what's the local scene like in Stockholm or even throughout Sweden right now? Uh, I think it's uh, actually on the rise. Um, so this is, of course, a lot of anecdotal evidence. I haven't crunched the numbers, but if I look at um, what's being released at Systembolaget, which is a state-run uh, liquor monopoly, um, it used to be hard to find even a single smoked beer, um, and let alone one that's brewed by a craft brewery. But uh, this has changed in the recent past, and I think a lot of um, Swedish craft brewers are are daring to foray into the Rausch space, as I call it. Yeah. Um, so I think right now I, there are 10 different Rausch beers that you can order online. And uh, in addition to a couple of Schlenkerlas. So I think it's definitely on the rise. Are you finding that the Swedish breweries are largely staying in tr the traditional recipe space? Or have you seen some innovation 
that not only uses Rauk malt, but also specialty ingredients? I think there's a place for both here in Sweden. Traditionally, we've had a lot of smoked porters in the past. Um, I think Nils Oskar was uh, one of the breweries that's starting oh, sure. that. Yeah. And, um, but now the most recent ones have been sort of on, in the traditional vein, most of them, I think. Uh, some are using local ingredients as well. You have traditional uh, smoked malts from, from Gotland, which is an island outside of um, off the coast of Sweden. Yep. Um, where they make their own traditional smoked beverages. And um, they have a special type of malt that you can use. And some of the Swedish brewers are bringing that into their um, smoked beers. Rauk beer and food, I think, compare really well together. And uh, we've obviously talked about the Bomberg onion in the past. Um, is there a traditional or staple Swedish dish that you think pairs particularly well with a smoked beer? I think in general, I mean, Swedish, um, what we call um, the, the sort of every, everyday food um, pairs pretty well with, with, um, with the smoke, smokiness. For instance, we have things like um, dishes made of uh, fried potatoes and, and uh, where you add some some lingonberries to, to get um, a bit of um, um, sourness or tartness and uh, and adding a bit of smoke to that. I mean, usually you serve it with with bacon or something like that, and then you you I definitely see a place with smoked beers in that uh, combination. I love it. Do you have a Rauk beer in your glass right now? I do actually. Um, this is the um, Ringebrau Rauchbier from Stigberts. And Stigberts is one of these Swedish craft breweries that have um, recently released their um, traditional German smoked lager. And it's very lovely. It's a little bit darker than what you would see from, from Schlenkerla, for instance, but it's um, uh, very drinkable. I love it. On on average, how many Rauk beers a month are you enjoying? Ooh, that's a hard question. If I brewed one myself, then it's a lot. And if not, then it's what I can find on the shelf at System Bologit. So that the um, it depends on the, on when they are released to the public. Um, but on a lucky month. A few, at least. Excellent. Uh, we're going to be talking about homebrewing Rauk beers in a later on segment. Um, but for now, I want to turn our attention to this week in Rauk beers, Brewer Spotlight. And with that, I'm excited to welcome Bill Cherry. He's the founder and brewmaster at Switchback Brewery in Vermont. He's also had a distinguished brewing career. But it really hit its stride after he created the Flynn on Fire series of Rauk beer. 
going beyond the typical styles, he and his brewing team are branching out and experimenting with Spoke. And there's been some lovely surprises along the way, and there's even more in the pipeline. Here's our conversation. Do you recall the first time that you had a Rauk beer revelation? Well, wow, a revelation. That's interesting because I remember the first, vaguely remember the first time I had a Rauk beer, you know, 30 years ago or something. And uh, being overwhelmed with the bizarreness of it. Um, and then literally fast forward, like I said, 25, 30 years to, uh, so maybe this is a, a, a brewmaster thing, but I was actually reading an article and um, Wireman, the, the uh, Beachwood Smoke malt producers out in Bomberg were discussing how to make a good uh, smoked Meritson. And uh, that's when I, I, I just was reading the recipe and, and, and I don't know how to explain this, but I was tasting it in my head. <laughs> and, and I was like, I think I, will, I, think I need to do this. <laughs> what, what was that first Rauk beer that you had? Yeah, so it was our yeah no it was our smoke merits and we we named it just like we 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 were very good at naming back then, <laughs> in, in that we were we were so imaginative that we took a smoke a smoke merits and, and we called it smoke merits and, and uh, it, we've got a little we've we've discovered customers actually like you know to have have a name just just to throw out there so we're getting a little bit better but not much. Well, so that you was have, the first yeah. one we did. Yeah. And and when you think about the first time that you had a Rauk beer and then making one and serving it across the bar, uh, you know, two people, did, did you see similar reactions of confusion or delight or I know there's there's some people yeah. who revolt Ab at it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even for myself, so, so I formulated it and I talked to some uh, brewing buddies of mine to see if anybody, anybody that had any experience doing some smoked beers at all, some rock beers, and, um, and kind of like landed on where I wanted to be on, the, on what we, we have uh, patented, so to speak, not really, but calling it our smokeometer. Yeah, um, I'm going to ask you about that as we, uh, as yeah. we go forward, yeah. So how high, how far I wanted to be there to not just destroy people, and but by the same token, so we re-released it and, and and it just was it it's like on first sip it's like liquid bacon, it just it just screams bacon to you, and I and I remember delivering it to I was so excited about it it was just wonderful but telling my uh, taproom staff saying this is probably going to be the first beer that we've produced that you are going to not get an in-between uh, reception. People are either going to be like, wow, this is neat. I like it. Or they are going to spit it back at you. <laughs> and, and, and that is really how it went in the beginning. Folks just turn their nose up going, whoa, I don't know what this is, but you should take it away from me now. And other people just like raising their eyebrows going, Oh, this is interesting. 
this is interesting. And just to kind of keep going with you, as far yeah. as what we, what we saw in our tap room is, so we, we were watching and, and everybody thought it was um, a little too smoky for them. And uh, so the second year I, I backed off on it a, a little bit and uh, everybody was happier. And what they don't know is that then every year after that, because we were only making it like once a year, every year after that, I would increase the smoke to get it back to where I started. <laughs> and, and doing the, the frog in the water thing where just slowly so that they, they, uh, they didn't notice and they loved it. And we really found what, we, what was really exciting was the second year's release it sold uh, better and faster than the first year. Really? Yeah. And, and we, and there were, and there were folks, you know, our regulars and, 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 and et cetera, that were coming in going, Oh, they developed a, an affinity for it. So we had started to turn some taste buds where they're like, this is fun. And I, I want to drink this. So how does an annual release turn into an entire smoked beer initiative. So you call it Flint on Fire. Yes. Flint on Fire because, you know, we're located on Flint Avenue and this particular spot, not this building, because there, there was like in the early, in the turn of the last century, whatever they had built here burned down like three times in a row. <laughs> and, and somewhere in that, that was my my uh, number two Gretchen, she was looking at the history and that's where we came up with uh, Flint on Fire. And, um, and, and Gretchen's important to the story that I approached her with my idea of making a smoked beer. And, uh, and so we have a, a thing here that I, I created a, um, that anybody who stays at Switchback employed for 10 years uh, gets a, uh, gets a trip to Germany and wow. on her trip. Yeah. There's only one requirement. I like to say this, but there is one requirement. So you get an all expenses paid trip to Germany uh, for two. And the only requirement is that there is a, a tiny little farm brewery in Launau, Germany. That is my favorite brewery in the world. And you have to go there and drink. Wow. Okay. Yeah, but the whole rest of the time you can do whatever you want. And she had gone to Bomberg, and had and and so here I just out of the blue mentioned that I kind of really think I'm interested in going into these smoked beers, and her eyes just get wide, and she's like, "I loved them," and so it became a little uh, passion play for the two of us to, to move in. So it was pretty quick that that I looked at it, and and, and you know we immediately made a. Um, uh, uh, a smoke Hellas, yeah, you know, just to be traditional. But I had in my head from the very beginning, I said, I, I think I want to turn this smoke and treat it rather than just doing historic styles. I want to give it what I, I, I would call the American craft brewer treatment, which is this is really interesting. Now I'm going to completely pervert it and do stuff that no one's ever seen before. <laughs> So where did you start? So we started with our black straw, which which um, is it's really it, it, it's a beer typical for me, which is it's hard to describe. <laughs> and, um, but it's uh, 
it's got um, uh, kind of along the lines of a very, very dark brown ale. Um, but, and it includes dark brown sugar. So my inspiration, yeah, my inspiration is Kansas City Barbecue. So that's where it came about. I'm talking with my head brewer, Tony, about, about stuff and, and saying, you know, what works with smoke? What works with smoke? And we thought about barbecue and having brewed at Boulevard Brewing in Kansas City. I was like, you know, sweet and smoke, sweet and smoke. I'm going to bring in that dark brown sugar and the molasses in there and counter it with the smoke i think we got something there and and we produced it and and that that actually as a beer on its release was for for a smoked beer the one that was most embraced by even the casual uh drinker who didn't know what they're doing it just had so much going on and so much entertainment that they uh that that so the smoke so I guess what I'm trying to say here is so the, the smoke, rather than playing the primary role, mm-hmm. starts to play a complement role. So it's mingling instead of being this is this is smoke. Now it's saying it's saying this is just part of this overall complex flavor profile. I dig that. And yeah. you've done oyster stouts. Uh, there's been Saison's and IPA. Uh, even a Hefeweizen uh, that, yes. that 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 you put out there. How how do you find the smoke becomes the complement and not the focus on you know some of these other styles where there are already go to flavors and aromas that people expect. You know, how how does you know for Hefeweizen, for example, like mm-hmm. how does smoke add to that recipe or yeah, complement yeah. that recipe so that that's a good a, a good example in that that you know my my choice was to do a dunkel hefe bites in, in in part because i i thought that the smoke would mingle with that a little a, a little better than a straight hefe bites you know and so i'm looking for that balance of what's going on in there and how they're mingling so they and the stouts the stouts you you almost can't tell they're smoky, sure. Because yeah. because the roast and the smoke all just combine, and and you know I always laugh because we we put as much smoke malt in those as can be done and still make a stout because the 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 roasted malts or barley's or whatever uh, aren't smoked; they're just burnt up. Yeah, <laughs> but they are part of the you know, the recipe. So they're, they're actually pulling away from a little bit of the smoke, but yeah. Or I, I think a, a real nice example too, is that French Saison. Um, that one uh, needs to be a little delicate, right? So, so I'm, I'm, I'm tasting and we, we do like, I think uh, uh, I'm pulling this out of the air here. We, we, our Saison also has, has some like pink peppercorn and I think orange rind in okay. there and and then of course you know you've got a very nice saison characteristics to it so so try to imagine that balancing the smoke in there so that that the, the smoke impression which is coming from oak smoked wheat 
as opposed to beechwood smoke, which is a gentler smoke. So, so it's a gentler smoke and then the quantity of it. So in my mind anyway, the intensity of that smoke is kind of right alongside the, the, the clovey-ness, banana-y, whatever, you know, whatever that, that crazy Saison wild character is. Kind, yeah. of just, kind of just playing right in the same threshold level. So you get it, but you're getting the other stuff almost just as strongly. And what about with IPAs? Huh. Can't be made. Okay. <laughs> but, but we did I mean, it. You've done it, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. And it actually, I, I, I laughed and, and uh, one of my brewers was on the, some of the homebrew sites and, and basically everybody has discovered you can't really make a smoked IPA that tastes good. And, and we tried it and, and they were, everybody was correct. <laughs> and so, so I'm giving away my secret here, but that's okay. Is, is I, I thought about it. And what we found was just the aroma of hops and the aroma of smoke just weren't pleasant. We, we couldn't find a combination that anybody liked. And so I thought about it and, and what I did was I went with my hops and I went after hop flavor instead of hot aroma. Ah, okay. Yeah. So really loaded up the whirlpool and just hammered it. So, so you really taste the hot tea and left the aroma be smoky. And, and it, and it really came out nicely. In fact, we actually, we call it smoke 40 and it's because it's got 40% smoke malt in it. Uh, 40 on the smokeometer. And, um, but we actually brewed smoke 80. And, uh, and I think smoke 20, we, we did different versions to see, you know, how much, and we thought 80 was like pushing it too hard and, and, and we backed off. Yeah. And so literally that name, I tell you, we're bad at naming that name came about because just inside the brewery while we're doing test batches, we're just referring to them as the one with 80 and the one with 40. So it's like smoke 40, smoke 80. Yeah. And then when we decided on one, they said, what do you call it? And like, I don't know, we've been calling it smoke 40. <laughs> All right. So you've mentioned uh, the smokeometer twice now. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, for those who are curious, uh, for those who want to know what kind of smoke they're getting into, tell us about the scale, how it came about, and yeah. how you how you measure it. Yeah, and you almost said it there, right in the question. You pretty much said it, which is that's what happens when you're delivering a smoked beer to people is you'll have one of the main questions you'll get is, well, how smoky is it? And, uh, and to me, just, you know, being a recipe writer, it, it was very quick to go, well, you know, this one's a this one's 65% smoked malt. So it's about, and this other one's 25% smoked malt. So this one's a 65 and this one's a 25. And, uh, and realize that that people really wanted to know you know it's almost like saying an ibu to somebody it's like what am i what am i about to get when i drink this ipa and i just want to prepare myself and so that's that's what it became is the smokeometer uh, uh that we put on every bottle on every label so that if someone looks at it they can get a feel for just how how big a blast smoke they're going to get 
I like it. I I don't want you uh, to give away state secrets that you're not quite ready to reveal, but uh, you've done so many styles yeah. in this uh, in this initiative. Are there are there new ones in the pipelines? Are there ones that you're thinking about that will one day have their their turn their turn on the taps? <laughs> well, we 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 just released Katie's love poem, which is uh, one of our uh, employees, Katie's. She's Polish, and we so we made a uh, a Polish Grodzicki. Yeah, uh, and that that just released like last week. So that's the that's the newest of actual releases as far as in my head, oh, you, you kind of caught me not thinking about this because I've got a couple there that I really want to play with, a couple of styles. And really, one of the things I'm doing now, and that's where I, I mentioned Blackstrap. Blackstrap yeah. was really was really inventing just a flavor. Uh, whereas a smoke saison is you're 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 playing with those, and that has become kind of where I where I've been fiddling with of drinking a style. And going, what? How, how would smoke play in this? What could you do with this? You know, with this style, would would that work? And I think it's surprising at how many times you're like, you know, if you did this right, the the added complexity and the turn here would make a delightful product. And 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 so playing with actual styles. Like I say, whether it's a, a Hefeweizen or a Saison and, 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 and fiddling with it a little bit there of, of what we can do. I'm not doing a very good job here of giving you a hint as to That's, where, where we want to go, though. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I'm intrigued no matter if you, what. If you, uh, if you give me an idea right now, I'll make one. How's that? Uh, I'll invite everybody to email into the show. Uh, with their ideas uh, or to, to take to switch back social media channels to, to share with you their thoughts. And I'm sure that the rabid fans of this week in Raukpier have ideas for you. So, yeah. Uh, and, and, and seriously to all of them to, to think about, like we, we find, you know, for instance, we had our gates of Hellas, which was our, our lowest smoked beer because it was a very light Hellas. And, and we call it, you know, as the gateway smoked beer, but um what I found is that beer drank like a wonderful lager that just had that little something extra on the complexity side that your taste buds, I felt like almost just a, just a little more entertained than normal. And, and, and to, to kind of think along those lines of, of what you can do where it's in the, it can be in the background, but it just, it just, uh, you know, kind of stimulates your taste buds just a little bit more than this, the normal style. I, I wanted to ask you, and I'm mindful of time, but I wanted to ask you, um, you're still putting these beers in bombers, 22 ounces, um, <laughs> which, which feels very Vermont to me, that, that packaging format, uh, even in this day and age. Um, why bombers uh, in, a, in, a, in an age of cans? Yeah. So for, you know, and this is, this gets down to just basic, uh, you know, we own a brewery that has the ability to do bombers. We felt like of all of our packages, I think when we released it, we didn't have, I don't believe we had our canning line yet. So we do have our canning line now. Um, but 
we felt like this was a product to be shared that everybody was going to was was that was drinking it was probably looking to you know have a little conversation with with whoever they were with like let's let's drink this and let's let's discuss it and okay. that the 20, and the 22 provided that and and just to, to to give you the 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 breaking news here is we are um you've probably heard a little bit about the canning you know, fiascos of needing for, for pre-printed cans, you have to buy, you know, five truckloads at a time. So yeah, a million cans. Yeah. Yeah. So that kills you for small, you know, for small product runs like this. So we're, we're, yeah, but um, not with the rabid following that Raukir has. I mean, you could go through a million <laughs> cans pretty easily. I imagine. <laughs> oh yeah. Two weeks. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so exactly along those lines, but so we're literally, you know, as you said, with the popularity of stuff is um, bring in a, a, a labeler so we can label blank cans. And, okay. And we're really excited with the idea of this will be a lot of work on our side, but just as I was talking about people really sharing and wanted to discuss is we're thinking a four pack of 16 ounce cans and every single can is a different type of smoked beer. Ooh. I like As it. A, and it's really just trying to, you know, this is it. Route variety. Say, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say this out loud. It's like drug dealing. It's like, we're just convinced that if we can get people to try them and, you know, so we're not even going to ask you to invest in four of one flavor. You only gonna have to taste one of it, but we're convinced if we can get it across your lips, you're going to start realizing how much you should be drinking these things. Yeah. It's probably not the best comparison, but I'll allow it. anyway. <laughs> Yeah. But, and, and, and just a, while I'm thinking of it here is um, we just released uh, two new, not, or this was last year, I guess, but a new version of a smoke Meriton and a new version of a smoke Hellas. And it's because what I did. And, and so the smoke Hellas is twice the smoke level and the Meriton is basically maxed out the smoke level that I could do along with the, the specialty malts that go in there. And it's because our customers are starting to be, you know, attuned to it and they're re- and they're ready for it and they want more. Incredible. I yeah. love it. Uh, as you know, every week on the show, I ask everybody uh, the same question that if you could, uh, when this conversation is over, uh, leave and, uh, go to any bar or any brewery anywhere in the world and have a Rauk beer. Uh, where would you want to go drink Rauk beer and who would you want to drink Rauk beer with? Oh, wow. Well, I would probably go to Mecca and, and, and have a uh, Schlenker law. In Bomberg, and I want to drink it with Larry Bell. Okay. <laughs> would Would Larry accept your invitation? I think so. All right. I think so. I I've had yeah. This is this is neither here nor there, but. Um, uh, Boulevard Brewing was John McDonald and, yep. and we went to a brewing conference in Brussels and this is how old I am. 1995, I think it was. Okay. 
And John was friends with Larry Bell and we got together and Larry took us on a tour of Belgium where he had set up meetings with the, the monks of Orval and uh, the makers of uh, Cesson Dupont and stuff. And what a joy and what a joy of, of a person to hang out with and, and just a, a love beer. It's, it's, I, I've never forgotten it. Well, I think that'd be, that'd be lovely. And uh, I know Larry is a huge fan of this show, so he'll probably hear it and then reach out to you afterwards. <laughs> so, um, Bill Cherry, the founder and brewmaster of Switchback Brewery in Vermont. Thanks so much for being being on the show this week and sharing your love of Rauk beer and, and all of the innovation that you're bringing into the space. We, we certainly appreciate it. It was good talking to you. Uh, I'm loving the Rauk. I, 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 I really appreciate your effort to turn this into the juggernaut that it's going to be. As he does every week, Bart Watson, the chief economist of the Brewers Association, is here to count the smoke numbers and to give us the stats of Rauk beer growth, success, and sales. Bart, welcome back to the show. I'm eager to hear how Rauk beer has done. Please, if you would, give us the cold smoke hard facts. Thanks for having me, John. It's it's always great to, to be on. Um, we're actually at the point in the year where we have annual numbers. So rather than just do our standard weekly numbers, um, I'm going to jump in with some annual numbers. Love it. Um, you know, yeah, based on based on scan data, you know, again, going through and and for some reason, uh, IRI has stopped responding to my notes about creating a, a route category uh, within their micro styles. Um, but I can still pull a custom number, you know, looking for smoke, route, smoky, um, you know, and aggregating all the brand level data. Um, and what we see in 21 was, you know, not surprisingly, you know, total scan sales took a step back. You know, we're seeing that channel shift and, and people who want, you know, their, their smoky, delicious beers are, are looking to get them at bars and restaurants again. So, so total sales declined. Uh, but when we look at share data, you know, things, things look a little bit better. Um, even there's still a, a decline suggesting, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe what we're learning from this is that the consumer data suggests that, that people are more likely to want their smoke beers on premise, you know, at bars and restaurants. And so, so that that decline is actually a good thing and, and shows that, that brewers selling these beers are just sell, selling more of them in kegs these days. And, and so we're seeing a little bit of a bounce back. We are living in the darkest timeline. So I think that tracks with reality. It, it, it makes sense that, you know, smoke beers would, would have similar trends to, to the overall market. There's certain beers that, that people want to go out and about, you know, what's better than, than sharing uh, a few smoke beers with friends on a patio somewhere. So um, I think it's not surprising that we see slightly different trends there for, from other styles. Yeah. I, I, I've been seeing that for 2022 communal ham water is really going to be uh, an area of growth. Um, uh, I know there's some places that are doing like giant fish bowls with multiple straws uh, for, for, for big groups. Makes so, sense. I mean, yeah. tiki, it's been very successful for the tiki community. Right. COVID be damned. Yeah. Uh, Bart, are, are, is there anything else that you're seeing with those original smoke numbers now? that I saw underneath um, the numbers is that, you know, maybe there's some opportunities for diversity of, of smoked beverages. Um, you know, I saw smoked cider popped up in the brand list. 
Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, should we, similar to what you're seeing across beer and beverage, should this be this week in, in, in route beverage, um, not route beer? Um, you know, I think we're seeing brewers as consumers, you know, uh, widen their tastes, broaden out. And so, um, you know, why, why, why just smoke beer? Why not smoke cider, smoke wine, um, smoke RTDs? You know, clearly people like some of those flavors already, think scotch and soda. So there may be opportunities to, to do new things with smoke products. And, and that may be the avenue for growth that, that smoke beer really needs to, to get back to the strong numbers we've seen in the last couple of years. I love how forward thinking you are. Bart, bef- before we let you go, um, I've been asking everybody on the show, if you could be anywhere right now with anyone, any place in the world, where would you want to be drinking Rauk beer? And who would you want to be drinking it with? That's a that's a tough one. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to be drinking Rauk beer, you know, drinking in Bamberg, um, you know, with, with good friends is good. But the weather's getting nice here in Colorado, so uh, you know I'll, I'll play to my home base and say my patio with my wife, also a smoke beer enthusiast. Um, that's always a great beer to, to place to share a couple beers. Keeping Rauk in the family, I love it, Bart. As always, thank you for taking a complex subject and making it easy for all of us to understand. And we'll look forward to talking with you again next week. Thanks for having me. All right, Eric and I are back, and as Bart Watson just mentioned. There is room for experimentation in the Rauk space. And so I am so very pleased to be joined by this expert panel that is finding ways to get the smoke we need into the beverages we deserve. Eric is going to be sharing his experience via home brewing and as a consumer, but also with us is Adrian Beck Oliver. He is the head brewer at Kit NA Brewing Company in Portland, Maine. As a Nova Scotia native, he began his brewing career at Cambridge Brewing Company in 2011, where he worked for three years. And then in 2015, he relocated to Maine, first brewing at Rising Tide for two years and a few other breweries until the May until May of 2021, when he was one of the first two hires at Kit. And his colleague, Simon Burho. Simon is the production manager at Kit NA Brewing. Born and raised in New England, Simon started his career in the brewing industry after completing a master's in applied mathematics at UMass Amherst in 2016. He moved to Maine in 2018 to brew at Mass Landing Brewing Company, where he stayed until 2021, when he also joined Kit. And lastly, but not least, Ethan Cox is a craft beer consultant, writer, and educator based in Buffalo, New York. He is a co-founder and co-owner of Community Beer Works, the co-author, along with Michael Rizzo of Buffalo Beer, a history of brewing in the Nickel City, and he runs a consulting company under the name Beer Pros, Inc. He also enjoys disc golf, sailing, skiing, and travel. Welcome, all of you, to This Week in Rauk Beer. Great to be here. Thanks for having us, John. Yeah, thank you. So experimentation in the Rauk space and finding ways of getting smoke into non-traditional beers, uh, I I really think is something that's been on on the rise for the last couple of years. Um, But innovation is, is, is needed. And what I love about what uh, Adrian, you and Simon are doing up in uh, in in Portland, is non-alcoholic beer is is certainly gaining a toehold in the U.S. beer market, and it's being done through IPAs and some stouts and uh, even even some light beers. But you all 
are bringing Rauk to the NA space and, and really, I think, doing God's work. So <laughs> if you can, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been brewing and how you've been approaching creating these recipes. So we're both um, we're both um, avid listeners of the podcast, and when we um, when we both started back in May, um, had one of the first conversations we had about beers we wanted to brew was we we knew we wanted to brew a Roush beer. We're you know I think we we both probably listened to every episode of the show that you do, John. Um, <laughs> there's, there's quite a few. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to keep up, but you know, every every morning, just uh, rolling with it, um, and we um, definitely saw that whole like everybody's and the first couple of beers that we put out, like one one's a Blondale, one's an IPA. Those are in the market right now, but we needed to get our feet wet. But really, I mean, I think our passion is really is getting a Rush beer out to the market as well. <laughs> um, so we've uh, we've piloted um, a couple Rush beers on our system. Uh, the first was more of a, a Hellas style, taking inspiration from um, Schlenker Law. Which does some wonderful work, and they have an NA beer. Um, yeah, Hellas, but they don't they don't send it stateside. So no. with seeing the NA market blowing up, and you know, I'm, as I'm sure Bart talked about previously, seeing um, how big the brush beer section is, it just seemed like a no brainer to start um, to start dipping our feet into um, honing in a recipe on that front. Um. I know we're having fun with this, but th but there is the precedent with Schlankela having their their Kinder beer, their their um, uh, you know their their low ABV uh, Rauk that's out there. Um, do, do you do you foresee a market for this? I mean, I know it's going to be niche, but I I think the people that I, in some ways when we've talked about making a, a Rauk beer here. We've thought of it as a, a way to really pique the interest of the craft beer consumer. Um, and I guess more of the, the niche craft beer consumer, because I feel like even in the uh, full strength craft segment, um, the people that seek out route beers are fairly small. So we're trying to uh, entice that segment of the market into the NA segment. <laughs> um, Eric, can you sort of Europe has been ahead of the curve in the NA space uh, and Scandinavia has been ahead of the curve in the, 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 in the, in the NA space, um, basically the rest of the world, I think, uh, aside from the U S where we've had to, to suffer through a lot of um, uh, uh, mediocre, non-alcoholic beer uh, and mediocre. I'm being generous with um, obviously that's changing with kit and, 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 and other breweries. Um, what is the NA scene like? in Sweden for you right now? And do you foresee uh, a demand for NA Rauk beer? Yes, for sure. I, I definitely see um, breweries uh, expanding their non-alcoholic selection and even smaller craft breweries making non-alcoholic beers here in Sweden. So at the local grocery stores, you can usually find 10 to 20 different non-alcoholic beers, um, some from local breweries and some from macros and imported ones as well. But I think 
getting to the point where you will find non-alcoholic Rauch beer on the shelf, I think that's still going to take some time, even here in Sweden, where we're on the forefront. Um, but I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. And in the NA, uh, uh, back at Kit, you, you all just brewed a, a, a second Rauch. Yep. Yeah, I think if I guess we're going off of a uh, a darker, darker base recipe. The uh, interesting thing with NA beers is because it's considered a cereal beverage in the uh, under the TTB, uh, it it can only really be called a dark. So we can't call it a stout or a dark mild or anything like that. So we're mm. we're playing as we think about releasing a dark beer as a seasonal, we're kind of playing around with all the various components that we could pull from. So um, trying to see what a dark base is going to do with smoke malt and then as well as being NA and with our production process to see what we get from that. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that we've covered all of our bases and I think it would be if we could sneak maybe two to five percent smoke malt in our seasonal dark beer, then we would have we would really would have accomplished something. <laughs> that's a that's a win. That's a yeah. win. Um Ethan, questions for your fellow NA panelists? I know you're a man of the people well, who has a in, insatiable thirst for knowledge. Insatiable. I cannot <laughs> quench it. Um <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I, I resonate with, with the fact that any, any hill that you can die on when it comes to smoke, you know, you should. So, <laughs> so I think you know, any, any smoke beers are, are the obvious one uh, out there remaining to be conquered. Um, and I, you know, I applaud, I applaud the effort. I, I actually think that they're in, in all seriousness, if if the full you know potential of of NA beer is to be fulfilled, I mean, I'm not not joking, then there's no then there's no alcohol beer flavor or profile or style um, that that shouldn't get the treatment. Um, and I understand you know I understand that there the market's not going to be huge in in all seriousness, but. That doesn't mean that somebody, a lot of people, in fact, aren't going to appreciate it. Um, and I think this week in, in Rauch Beer proves that. I mean, look at the smashing success of the podcast. <laughs> it's like you're sitting in our meeting rooms with us, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm working a little bit in the, in the seltzer space now, um, both uh, NA and not. And again, you know, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of flavor profiles, uh, whether you're trying to make uh, an NA or non-NA seltzer. So it's only a matter of time uh, before White Claw <laughs> throws out their uh, <laughs> their Rauk seltzer. I'm pretty sure it's coming. Uh, yeah, White Claw ham. It's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. So, um, Ethan, if if in in the seltzer space, which uh, continues to to perform in, incredibly well um if you were to smoke a seltzer mm. ha, how do you think you would approach that where does your brewer's mind take you yeah well not 
uh, I think the when you don't have smoked malt as a uh, as an ingredient to really use, you have to find creative ways to infuse your water with smoke. And uh, what comes to mind is a uh, almost a bong like device where <laughs> you load it up with oak or or beech wood or uh, some obtuse South American wood variety, and then you draw the smoke through the water, um, you know, and uh, infuse it and then uh, and take that and make seltzer with it. I think that's going to work. That's my plan. So it's essentially <laughs> bong water. Yeah. I mean, but like, like, like good. Water. Yeah. Yeah. But good bong water. Yeah. 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 yeah bong Absolutely. water you want to drink. It's carbonated. So it's carbonated. <laughs> it's alcoholic. It's ingredients. It's all the things bong water's not. Um, I think that's the way that, that and smoking your sugar, but I don't know. That's, that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, you could also <laughs> smoke, smoke fruits. Um, Realistically, fruit I imagine. Yeah, no, realistically you couldn't. In fact, looking at the, looking at what's happening, that's innovative uh, in terms of smoked stuff. I have seen a number of beers now that have come up on, on, uh, on the, the Facebook page where they're using smoked fruit um, as one of the components. And I find that actually to be very intriguing. And then also realistically, I think there's some tea profiles that are pretty smoky or lapsong, sujongs there, gunpowder, um, that could be used in a, in a seltzer in some way um, to add a smoky dimension. It would, it would be, you know, a smoky tea dimension, but uh, that could definitely be done. I think that's called uh, white claw bang. The one that has gunpowder. <laughs> Eric, you've been home brewing Rauch beers for a long time now. Um, where where are you drawing inspiration from? What 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 are you finding? Uh, where's your creativity in Rauch leading you these days? I I like um, starting out from sort of the traditional um, German um, uh, history of of beer and and. Um, the most interesting uh, smoked beer that I've ever brewed was actually a Lichtenhainer, which is a smoked sour beer. And, and um, it's, uh, it's actually ham water is probably the closest description that you're going <laughs> to uh, be able yeah. to give for it. But I, I thought it was pretty good, actually. Uh, I, I did enter it into the Swedish National Homebrewing Competition, and um, it's, um, it didn't place uh in the people's choice but there were some encouraging encouraging words from from some of the uh patrons and one even said it was the best beer he had the whole day but this that's was all that matters very late, late in the afternoon when he probably had a lot of <laughs> beer. Yeah. and and i did also enter it into the uh, judges competition but apparently I suffered poor scores from from not describing the style. So I, I thought that the judges would would know uh, Lichtenhainer and, and be familiar with the style, but apparently not. So so my short description was not enough to to give it a good good score. But but, but now no for next time when I enter the beer again. Well, you all know the drill on this week in Rauk Beer. This is the part of the show uh, where I ask you a very specific question uh, and everybody's going to have a chance to answer. But if you could be at any pub 
anywhere with anybody, what Rauk beer would you be drinking? Where would you be drinking it? And who would you be drinking it with? And Ethan, let's start with you. Wow. Um, okay. I've never been. So for me, uh, the Holy Grail is absolutely to finally one day uh, settle down uh, at the bar at Schlenkerla in Bamberg and um, and enjoy. Actually, my favorite of theirs is the Hellas. I actually really, really love that beer uh, of all of their offerings. Um, and I've had them, but uh, I've never had them in C2. And uh, so I think that that would be just amazing. As for who? I mean, can it be anybody like people that yeah. aren't realistically going to be sitting down at yeah. Bomberg with me anytime soon? Yeah, that's how this game works. Great. Then um, because uh, he's been on my mind recently, I think maybe like a lot of people, I'd like to have Michael Jackson there. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, I think that would be pretty amazing. And I'd like to have him just uh, you know, give forth on, uh, on the nature of, of Rauch. Simon, same question to you. Anywhere in the world, any pub, what Ralk beer do you want to be drinking and who do you want to be drinking it with? Oh, man. Uh, I think I would have to echo Ethan's location of uh, Schleicherla in Bomberg. I think that that would just be, it's on my bucket list. So I. Of course. Yeah. yeah never been so got to do that um and who to do it who to be there with um my i think my friend taylor would be an excellent person to enjoy a beverage at schlanker law with he is a avid fan of smoke beer i think at least once a week we're talking about how much we love schlanker law and how much people don't appreciate it and so i think to be there together in um, the motherland would be would be perfect. Adrian. Yeah, so I um I'm uh, I guess recently um, been abstaining from alcohol, so I'm gonna definitely go the Schlanker route. Um, but I'm very curious about their um, their NA offering, um, given that we haven't we don't get it stateside, and if it's I'd imagine it's on par with everything else they do, which are absolutely fantastic. Um, I was having this conversation with our owner earlier and he was, um, he was drinking our first, um, our first rush beer. And it really reminded him of like, yeah, when I was 12 going into the pool halls where there was smoke everywhere. Um, so that got me thinking of going back to like my, uh, uh, my university, um, the, the pub on campus uh, at Acadia mm -hmm. in Nova Scotia, where I went to school uh, going back before they um, before they had the smoking ban and then just, you know, really being able to have that smoke beer, have it at that location. Um, and I think the person I would share it with or share that experience with uh, would be my dad, who I unfortunately never got this chance to sit down with the beer with. And he also went to college um, at that same school. So great opportunity for us to bond over that location in that smoky bar. And <laughs> if there's a lot of smoke in the air, he probably wouldn't, he was a big like Canadian and Keith guy. He got excited when they come down to the States and he could bring back full strength Budweiser. Um, so I'm hoping he wouldn't, I'm hoping he wouldn't notice the, uh, the extra smoke in the glass with everything in the room. So that's, that's my three. 
I love it. Eric, same question to you. What Rauk beer, where at, who with, and why? Yeah, now that everyone has sort of gone down the Bamberg route, I feel like I, I have to mix it up a bit, <laughs> even though I would love to go to Bamberg. Uh, I would want to sit down at Carton Brewing with Augie Carton and share a Schlenkele Märzen and talk about the wonders of, of uh, smoked beer. That would be lovely. We can, we can probably arrange that. <laughs> that can probably be arranged. Um, Jackson's going to be a little harder yeah. to, to get, but, but Augie's typically, typically available. I love that. Um, Simon, Adrian, Ethan, thank you for being on this, this, this round table with us this week in Rauk beer. It's uh wonderful hearing your insights and what the future of smoke in our beverages is to come thank you oh it's been such a pleasure to be on uh as they say first time long time right so um... (laughs) (laughs) thanks john yeah very much thank you it was a it was a pleasure it's always fun to uh engage in rauk discussion and with that my friends in rauk this is the end of our show for this week. Eric, thank you for being such a wonderful and great co-host. I, I, I really appreciate it, and I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, I want to leave you with one last question, though. Um, what would you like to see Raukbeer accomplish in 2022? Thank you, John. Um, I would like to see Raukbeer available year-round at System Logged in Sweden. That would be my personal dream. And I would like to see more Swedish breweries dare to enter the Rauch space. For instance, Omnipoyo, who are now brewing here in Stockholm, and they're brewing a lot of traditional German lagers. So why don't they brew a couple of Rauch beers to go with it? Why don't they put one through the Slessy machine? Exactly. That too. That too. <laughs> but with their traditional that 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 that'd be a wonderful thing to see. I love that seeing more Rauk. Uh, I cut you off with a joke. I, I I imagine you had a finish a, 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 an end to that thought. <laughs> no, I think that's that wraps it up pretty well, actually. So Perfect. Let's leave it at that. All right. Uh, a reminder to join the this week in Rauk beer group on Facebook. And to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TW Raukbeer. Merch, including glassware and Camp Raukbeer mugs and shirts, are available on our website, which is beeredge.com. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, for your telegrams of support, and for your willingness to indulge on this first day of April 2022. Alongside Eric Leto, I'm John Hall. And for now, stay safe, look out for one another, and drink that smoke if you got it. Good night. <laughs>